Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'm very excited about Death Before Dishonor this weekend. It's great to have you with us. I really appreciate it. The support we've gotten from the wrestling media since the relaunch of Ring of Honor has been amazing. And I think it's been a lot of your support that kept Ring of Honor really uh, going for 20 years. And I think it's going to keep it going for a very long time going forward. So I'm very grateful for all of you. And we'll try to get through as many questions as I can while still giving detailed answers. Uh, but I'll try to balance that. Thank you very much. And Jim, I'll turn it over to you, sir. All right, Tony. Thank you. And thank you to everyone again for joining us. So we're going to start with Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes. And following Kenny will be Jay Shell and Nicole from Inclusive Creations. Uh, again, like we'll try to keep our questions as, as uh, succinct as possible so we can get as many people on. Uh, but that said, we want to, you know, obviously we want you to ask the questions you want to ask. So let's keep all that in mind and we're up and running. Kenny, you're up. Hey, Kenny. Kenny, you're muted. You need to unmute your line. Kenny, you're still muted. All right, Jim, we'll have to move on for now. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let, let's go to Jay Shell Nicole from uh, Inclusive Creations. <clears throat> and then following Jay Shell will be Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. And Kenny, we'll see if we can re regroup with you a little bit later. Jay Shell, you're up. Hi, Tony. This is Jay Shell from the Late Night Grin, SC Scoops, and Russell Pierce. I'm so excited for this weekend show. I will be there live and I can't wait. Uh, but I do want to ask about the ROH roster. We've seen some crossover between AEW and the ROH roster, and I'm looking to see if you have like an ideal size for the roster or if you're looking to just have AEW stars bounce from ROH or have people even sign to ROH individually. Well, it's a great question. Thank you. And I think it's going to be a sliding scale in some ways. Just as AEW's roster has expanded, as the programming expanded, really, if you look, the roster grew at when we had uh, AEW Dynamite and AEW Dark, and we tried to build it, strengthen the roster. Then we added Elevation and tried to add more young wrestlers, and it gave us more chances to develop people for those spots. And I think around that time, a lot of young wrestlers did break through and get on TV. And then last year, almost one full year ago, we added AEW Rampage. And with three hours of television compared to two, uh, then had to build and strengthen the roster more. And so with Ring of Honor, we haven't got the weekly TV going yet. I say yet because it is something that is important to me, and I really think we will get a weekly Ring of Honor show, but I'm not going to do it until the distribution deal makes sense and is right for everybody. And I think right now we have a, a certain number of, key stars for Ring of Honor, as well as performers that will be really important in the, the near term and also for the long-term future. Some, some developmental stars for the future, as well as some of the key stars for the history of Ring of Honor signed up. So I think right now it's, it's not the biggest version of the roster, and I would expand it and add more people. And you know, because right now, most of what you see with Ring of Honor uh, is taking place either on these big pay-per-view events like we saw with Supercard of Honor and now Death Before Dishonor this weekend, and also wrestlers being involved in events with AEW, the two companies that I'm the owner and CEO of, and also uh, with companies that we work with, like, for example, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So... Uh, I think right now is not the biggest version of the Ring of Honor roster. It'll, it would probably expand once the TV gets going, if that makes sense. Thanks, Jay Shell. Uh, next up is Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. And I'm going to follow Brandon with a write-in from Kenny McIntosh, who couldn't get through. So I've got Kenny's question. Brandon, you're up. Tony, thanks again for your time. Hi, Tony. Thanks again for your Thank time. Thank you. 
Thank you, man. Um, maybe this will be a little bit redundant to what you just said, but we've, we've seen Ring of Honor uh, storylines built up uh, towards this pay-per-view on AWTV. I was wondering if you could tell us uh, maybe an update on uh, a, a weekly TV show for Ring of Honor. Uh, you've, you've talked about having discussions with Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, I'm wondering if, if WBD is the only possibility we should be thinking about when it comes to a, a weekly Ring of Honor TV show, if there's other media conglomerates you're talking to or, or even your own uh, streaming service. Sure. Well, uh, I have talked to Warner Brothers Discovery and I'm continuing to talk to Warner Brothers Discovery about it. I have worked with them now to get Death Before Dishonor on Bleacher Report, where it will be available this weekend. I think that's a really positive step. It's the first time Ring of Honor has worked with Warner Brothers Discovery, and I believe it's going to be one of the biggest pay-per-views in Ring of Honor's history. So I spoke to them yesterday, and they're really excited about this event. And there's been good pre-ordering. It's different pattern than AEW, but for Ring of Honor, this is going to turn out to be one of the strongest shows in their 20-year history of producing events. So I think it's a great way to start the partnership with this event, get Warner Brothers Discovery familiar with the Ring of Honor brand, which is happening. Uh, you know, we've been in Atlanta this week one of the home cities of Warner Brothers Discovery. A lot of the executives have come to the show and been around AEW and also around a lot of the great Ring of Honor stars. So I, I think there's definitely appetite on both sides and interest. And like I said, we're, we started things out together with our first pay-per-view event with, with Warner Brothers Discovery working with Ring of Honor. And hopefully, I, I really, really would love to parlay that into weekly TV for Ring of Honor, which would be, I think, great for the wrestling fans and obviously great for everybody working with Ring of Honor. Hey, Brandon. Thanks, um, Brandon. The next question is going to come from Kenny, um, as, as noted, and Chris Mueller will follow from Bleacher Report. Kenny's question is probably in the same vein, but let's ask it anyway to make sure we, we cover off everything on this topic, Tony. Ken, Kenny asks, he just wonders how long, I wonder is the long-term vision for Ring of Honor to have its own TV show and only have ROH on AW for an interpromotional type build, build uh, pay-per-view, or will Ring of Honor maintain a presence on AEW TV long-term regardless? Well, that's a great question. Um, I would like there to be interaction. I think the two companies can work together. Um, I believe uh, both companies would benefit from that, AEW and Ring of Honor. But I would like a lot of the primary focus on Ring of Honor to be on Ring of Honor shows going forward. But there's also a lot of positive things about having some of the people who are the champions in Ring of Honor being involved in AEW TV and vice versa, having a lot of the AEW stars competing in Ring of Honor, including for the championships, which is... Uh, Contributed to, I think, a lot of the interest in Ring of Honor, frankly, because right now Ring of Honor has one of the strongest lineups of champions in pro wrestling. It includes uh, some of the homegrown stars of Ring of Honor and also some of the top stars of AEW who've gone and, and competed there. So uh, I think all of it blended together makes for a really interesting lineup. And in this, this case, for Death Before Dishonor, it makes for a really interesting lineup of matches this Saturday. Uh, I think AEW television could be involved in the promotion of Ring of Honor and cross-promoting Ring of Honor, and also in, to some extent, in populating Ring of Honor uh, in terms of competition going back and forth. And I think it can benefit both companies, but I would also love to have the primary focus on Ring of Honor week to week be on Ring of Honor's own TV show that I'd like to get going in the future, TV or streaming or wherever it ends up. But definitely the right platform, the right deal for everyone involved. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Tony. Okay, as promised, <clears throat> Chris Mueller from Bleacher Report, you are coming up next. And Chris will be followed by Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Chris, you're up. Hey, Tony. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, Hi, Doc. So, <laughs> Tony. Uh, first of all, apologies if I've started something that ruined your Twitter mentions recently. And then, no. second, I don't know. <laughs> secondly, uh, so 
the last ROH pay-per-view, the pre-show had four matches and the main show had eight. And AEW pay-per-views are always known for having roughly the same amount and close to a dozen matches. So far, we have one pre-show match and six main card matches announced. So I was just curious if you had plans to add anything between now and the event. Yeah, I definitely do. We will definitely add some matches uh, between uh, now and then. uh, And we'll have more information tomorrow night on AEW Rampage about Death Before Dishonor and also, uh, you know, on our social media and Ring of Honor uh, accounts leading up to the event. So uh, tomorrow night on Rampage, we'll have a bit of an update, but we'll definitely be adding some stuff uh, between now and then to the Death Before Dishonor and Zero Hour cards. Okay, thanks, Chris. Yep. Thanks, Tony. And the length, and by the way, just to, it's a great question, Doc. The length is going to be the same as it was for Death Before Dishonor for the pay-per-view and the Zero Hour. Mike Johnson from PW Insider, you are next, and Mike will be followed by Kevin Mitchie from Sportsnet. Mike. Hey, Tony. How are you, sir? Doing great, man. How are you, sir? I am uh, in the middle of the thunderstorm here in New York, so if you hear any weird noises, I'm not doing anything strange. Um, <laughs> the, last, the last Ring of Honor show was a show you inherited from the previous ownership. So I'm curious, you know, and you would well, mention. Well, I don't think that's fair. I, I, my friend, I don't know if that's fair to say because uh, I, the, yeah, the, they had started working on it, but I was under no obligation to actually do the event, and right. it was something I was excited to do. And also, I ended up putting most of the card together, so I was really proud of it, and I thought it was a great opportunity, uh, rather than wait a long time to keep Ring of Honor in the public eye to celebrate the 20 year anniversary of the company and. Uh, you know, how excited we all were about the transaction going through. So um, I I didn't feel like I got, you know, it was definitely something that they had, they had put uh, a couple of the pieces in together for. But, you know, to be honest, probably one of the biggest pieces of the show was FTR versus the Briscoes. And that wasn't going to happen if I didn't put FTR in. So I didn't feel like that, just so you know. I, I was at, really excited to do the show and wanted to do the show when they started working on it. But it was something that they had. To your, to your point, they had started working on. Okay, so my question is, uh, you had mentioned sort of wanting to almost have a ECW one night stand feel to Supercard of Honor to kind of pay tribute to the to the past of the company. I was curious mm-hmm. how how different is your approach to putting together the card, booking the card, and what you want your vision of Ring of Honor to be going forward, starting with this show. How different is the approach this time around versus Supercard of Honor? Great question. Uh, so you're totally right about how I felt about that show that was a transitional show into a new era. This next show is different. I mean, it's still we're still in a transition, but now uh, I believe people know a lot more what to expect. I think uh, we gave people a feel of what the new Ring of Honor is going to be. And a lot of it is very similar to the old Ring of Honor and, and echoes the old Ring of Honor, whether it's the familiar voices of Ian and Caprice and, and Bobby or a lot of the great wrestlers you saw up and down the card on the main card and the zero hour. And I tried to keep a lot of things consistent. One thing, uh, if anybody was going to ask the Cubs fans question, the, the great Lucha blogger, um, I am definitely am going to bring back the Ring of Honor pure scoreboard for the pay-per-view for Universe Garcia. Um, it's a great point. And, uh, a lot of the feel of the show, hopefully for the longtime Ring of Honor fans, it's going to make them really happy. And also, I know for a fact we're making new fans through, to some extent, through using AEW's widespread television penetration. And also people just who were aware of Ring of Honor and hadn't gotten pushed to check out the events one way or another. So I think this will be um, a much more of an established thing. Uh, and less um, of less of a it, it, we're still in a transitional phase but it's a less of a, tra- a transition it was uh, you know I think it was I remember fans saying it was jarring having Ian do the card rundown like they might hear Excalibur do on AEW running down upcoming matches in the world of wrestling and you know but it, but it wasn't a bad thing it was just like wow this is kind of surreal seeing Ian do that card rundown like Tony would have Excalibur do and 
I think, it, but, but nobody had a problem with it. It was cool. Right. So, uh, I think people have a better idea what to expect after death before dishonor in a very good way, because from everything I've seen, death before dishonor was been one of the best reviewed wrestling shows of the year, or excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Supercard of honor was one of the best, uh, reviewed wrestling shows of the year. And I think death before dishonor is going to be, uh, hopefully even better. And, and on paper, I think the card is even stronger. So I'm really excited for Saturday. And I think, uh, hopefully anybody who enjoyed Supercard of honor wouldn't really enjoy this pay-per-view. And if you haven't seen Supercard of honor yet, it's definitely worth going out of your way to check out because like I was just saying, uh, it, it's been, I think one of the better reviewed shows of the year. Thanks Mike. Indeed. Thanks Mike. <clears throat> Thank you, Tony. Kevin Mitchie from Sportsnet, you are up next. I'm going to follow Kevin with a write-in question from Ricardo St. Vilas from the Mixed Tag Show. Kevin, you're up. Hey, Tony. Greetings from Toronto, Canada. And hi. I, hi. Hello. I was just uh, going to ask you about Ring of Honor touring and if there was an idea in your head about whether you wanted to do independent touring with Ring of Honor or if it would be kind of a soundstage sort of thing, shooting weekly TV, should you get a deal? And if you tour, would you want to hit big cities or would it kind of be focusing on smaller cities throughout North America? And I say North America because maybe that would include Canada. Yep. That's a great uh, question. I suspect that there are a lot of great venues that we could tape at, you know, people have brought up universal studios. I think it's been great for AEW dark. That could be good. But on the other hand, it could be good to keep it uh, distinguished. There are a lot of great venues that would be good for it across the country. And I'm open to that. So I could see doing tapings, but I could also see uh, sometimes doing, you know, uh, some bigger venues. And also obviously we run, you know, some big arenas for the pay-per-view events. And I'd like to keep that going. The two events we've done so far, Supercard of Honor and Death Before Dishonor, are also two of the biggest gates Ring of Honor has done. And probably about 90% of the tickets we sold for Supercard of Honor were after we announced the purchase and after I started uh, putting matches on the pay-per-view. So I do think uh, we've gotten a lot of renewed interest in ring of honor where there is definitely potential to, to go run bigger venues, not just for the pay-per-view, but also for some of the big TV events. So that's something to keep an eye on. So I wouldn't just say I'd be uh, committed to only doing one fixed thing. I think we could, you know, look at a number of different venue types for ring of honor. And so far we've been able to draw bigger crowds for ring of honor for our first two shows. than. You know, most Ring of Honor shows in their 20-year history, uh, other than a, a select few. So I think that bodes really well going forward also for the brand. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Kevin. As promised, I've got a write-in question, Tony, from Ricardo St. Vitas of the Mixed Tag Show. Ricardo's question is, with Ring of Honor and AW working under your umbrella, is there a possibility of a hybrid six-man titles or women's tag team titles that is featured on both shows? Well, the, the titles, I think, are going to be kept separate. I wouldn't have a hybrid championship or any hybrid championships, I think, between AEW and Ring of Honor. Um, for example, the AEW All-Atlantic Championship is a belt that has been defended outside the country versus wrestlers outside of AEW, and then Pack or whoever ends up retaining the title in his upcoming defenses, uh, the champion will return to America and uh, defend that rest. Excuse me, defend that title against AEW wrestlers. And I also think uh, a lot of the AEW championships have been defended, you know, outside and other companies against other wrestlers. And we've seen championships from outside AEW defended here. But as far as having a hybrid championship between two companies, I, I don't probably would not do that. But I would have uh, the champions of AEW and Ring of Honor continue to fight each other in in their respective companies and in other companies like New Japan Pro Wrestling and other companies we've worked with, AAA uh, and a number of others. Rev Pro now in England uh, is a great example of that with the All Atlantic title also. 
So uh, that's that's probably how I how I saw it going. Thanks. Thanks, Ricardo. Thanks, Tony. Um, Ella J. I hope you'll be ready. You are next. Uh, Ella J. is with a wrestling gal, and Ella will be followed by Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. Ella, you good? Can you hear me? Yep. Hi, Ella. Perfect. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a question. I was wondering if there was a possibility for Ring of Honor to kind of have the same ranking system that AEW does right now for contenders. I'm probably not going to do it like that. Uh, I'm not sure. I think if there's something to be said for having a different approach to organizing the contenders, but I'm not settled on that one way or another. I, I think there's merit to it for sure with the ranking system we have in AEW and how it, it keeps uh, a clear picture of the landscape of contenders. But on the other hand, I think there's something to be said for keeping it uh, some differences between the companies. So it's a great question, Ella, but I'm not really sure. I haven't decided one way or another yet uh, if I'm going to do that. Right now, we're not using it like that, but I'm trying to use still the logic of wins and losses in the booking of it, if that makes sense. But I haven't necessarily organized everyone into a, a top five graphic, so to speak. Thank you, Ella. Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful is next, and Sean will be followed by Trevor Robb, a write-in question from Post Media. Sean? Hey, Tony, we, we've heard about several wrestlers that are signed to AEW via ROH and and – maybe some contingencies there. Are, are there any talent that maybe that we don't know about that are actually signed to the company that have been used, maybe aren't on TV at the moment that uh, you have signed to full-time deals with ROH? The Briscoes. That's, uh, that's interesting. The Briscoes is a great example for that. The Briscoes are under contract during a honor uh, and a long-term contract. And I think, think there are some other developmental wrestlers but really the key probably the biggest names that are exclusively signed to ring of honor are the briscoes and they are some of the biggest names in ring of honor history they're hall of famers and uh there are some others but i think those that would be a great example of a key act where they haven't really appeared in AEW yet but they are signed to ring of honor and to me thank you tony thank you sean I've got a write-in question here I'm going to read, and then I'll have an, another, um, um, we'll call on somebody after Tony answers this question here from Trevor, Trevor Robb from Post Media. Trevor asked you, Tony, AEW has a plethora of newly designed championship belts, the evolving TNT title and the brand new All-Atlantic title. Will we, will, will we be perhaps seeing new championship belt redesigns for our Ring of Honor titles? That's a great question. Um, I'm open to new designs, new championship belts. Obviously, we're just getting started. It's our first few months here uh, and officially running the promotion. And this is uh, the first pay-per-view where I've been the, the official owner. We were in the process of finalizing the transaction on the last show. So I was uh, the booker and the interim owner, so to speak. And we actually uh, did as we did the deal we, we kept the profits from that show is it was after the time of the letter of intent so everything after that going forward i took over the business operations but still in some ways it feels really final now uh you know not having uh, any uh, obligations under the offer sheet the term memo anything like uh that it's all done closed and uh so it it's pretty exciting uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, but yeah, um, uh, you know, going forward, we'll have to, uh, think about that. Very good. Thank you, Tony. <clears throat> Thanks for the question, Trevor. Okay. Mike McGuire from TSN radio is up next and Mike will be followed by Sean Radican of PW torch. Mike, you good to go? Tony, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? 
I'm I'm mad at myself actually because after hearing ten other people ask you how you are and still hearing you say you're great, I was like, come on, don't start with that. But that's where we're going. You not want to? I mean, <laughs> it, it, I, you know, I am I am doing pretty great. I feel very good and very blessed. It was a good night uh, for us last night to be here in Atlanta, one of the homes of uh, pro wrestling and one of the homes of Warner Brothers Discovery. So I'll give you the longer answer when you ask me how I am. It's really I'm really great. It was really nice to see so many of the folks from Warner Brothers Discovery last night here with AEW, and now they're also supporting us with Ring of Honor, and for them to be talking to me about Ring of Honor is kind of surreal, to be honest with you, because yeah. uh, just a few years ago when we were getting this thing off the ground with AEW, uh, and and now here we are doing Ring of Honor together. So uh, thank you for asking, and I'm doing great. Awesome. I appreciate that. So. Sticking with the topic at hand, you're obviously the pay-per-views this weekend. Like you said, it's your first one outside of anything that was pre-promoted with the previous ownership group. Now that the ball is firmly in your hand, there, there's nobody else touching this thing. Um, I, I guess, how are you feeling balancing this show out with everything else that AEW has been doing? Because you've done some great cross-promotion with Impact Wrestling. You've done some great cross-promotion with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And now you're going to be focusing on two of your brands. Is it still easy for you to, to prioritize these two, or is it still kind of up in the air? We're going to see how everything lands at, at this point. I feel great about it. Uh, I really am enjoying it. And I think it's been great for both companies, uh, especially at a time when AEW got hit with some injuries. I think it was really valuable to have somebody like Claudio Castagnoli step in and who's not only one of the great legends of Ring of Honor, but also has come in and been a top star in AEW and been in some of the biggest matches in AEW already since he arrived in some of our biggest events in a very short time. Uh, and now is going on the challenge for the Ring of Honor world title against Jonathan Gresham, who's a, a very important in Ring of Honor's history. And, you know, we'd have two legends of Ring of Honor, I think it's fair to say, Claudio Castagnoli and Jonathan Gresham, uh, two wrestlers who've held championships but have had really different paths in Ring of Honor. And, you know, Jonathan Gresham has done something and accomplished something that Claudio never has in pro wrestling. Claudio's done all these great things, and he's always talked about as a wrestler's wrestler and is definitely one of the most respected athletes in this business but he has yet to ever win a world championship in pro wrestling. And it's uh, something that's eluded him everywhere he's gone. And Jonathan Gresham has not had that problem. Jonathan Gresham has been a great champion for ring of honor and has continued to be. And I think it's a great example of trying to integrate uh, a wrestler from ring of honor into the AEW programming. I've enjoyed the matches he's had in AEW, and I've obviously loved the matches he's had in ring of honor too. And I think it's going to be a great match, a great clash of styles in some ways, but on the other hand, uh, two similar styles in some ways from two athletes who are very differently physically built. And I'm really looking forward to Ian and Caprice calling this. I think Ian did a great job putting some thoughts down, uh, not exactly on paper, on Twitter, uh, put some long thoughts down and a uh, long-form thread breaking down some of the physicality, some of the psychology behind Claudio versus Jonathan Gresham. And uh, that's one match I'm interested in in particular. And I also think it's a great example of uh, the roster of AEW and the roster of Ring of Honor having some fluidity. And then there's some wrestlers from AEW who have never, probably would never appear in Ring of Honor. And also now we've had some wrestlers from Ring of Honor who are exclusive to there. So uh, right now, I think it's been a good pattern for everyone. Thank you, Mike. If that makes sense. Thanks, Mike. Sean Radican from PW Torch is up next, and Sean will be followed by Stephanie Francombe from Steel Chair. Sean? Hey, Tony. How are you? I'm awesome, man. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I'm, ex I'm excited about the show this weekend, and... Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, um, promoting the show. There's been stuff on AEW Dynamite, but also some really good video packages with, you know, Caprice Coleman moderating the Briscoes and FTR and Ian Riccoboni 
being used to and for, for the Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe match this weekend. And they really captured the, you know, kind of the feel of ROH and what it's about in my eyes. Can you talk about, is this representative of, you know, you're booking two shows is, I mean, what's it going to be like once, or what do you anticipate it being like once TV starts and that you think the two shows are going to, you know, dynamite, you know, has its own pace, but it seems like ROH now has a real shot to have a different feel. And, and personally, what's that like? I'm sorry, this is long winded, but you know, what's that like for you to, you know, kind of you know develop, you know, ideas for the two shows and have two distinct feels for each show? Well, it's a great question, and and it's not long winded at all, Sean. You have to remember who you're talking to. So I uh, I, I give what you get, your question was not long winded in any way, and I hope I'll try to not make my answer like that. But uh, but, but it's a great question. A great couple questions. So. I appreciate you saying that. I think the video packages that we put together, they have a different feel than AEW. We've got some different hosts that I think add to the presentation. You mentioned the great jobs that Ian has done in a particular Caprice recently, uh, for example, with FTR and the Briscoes and some of the videos that Caprice has done uh, in the lead up to the pay-per-view. I think they do a great job. So in particular, having different hosts has added to it. Now having, Ian and in particular, again, Caprice appear on a regular basis on AEW TV. They've been on Dynamite and Caprice has been on Rampage a lot. And I think it's been great. And I do think that's helped uh, build an audience in some ways for Ring of Honor, but also show that Ring of Honor has a different voice and a different presentation. I think that'll continue into the television. Um, the pay-per-view, like I said, Supercard of Honor was incredibly well received and now uh, I'm really very optimistic that Death Before Dishonor this weekend is going to be a great, great pay-per-view. And again, can hopefully show the kind of feel that we're going to have for Ring of Honor. And, and it's a different pacing and even a different pay-per-view structure in some ways than we've done with AEW, where um, this pay-per-view, uh, you know, has got a, a different length and a different feel. And I do think that it's going to be positively received. I'm hopeful, but I also think that it, it'll give people another flavor of what to expect. And you'll see the Ring of Honor pay-per-views. They're just a little different from the AEW pay-per-views. Still, still great. And hopefully that'll continue into TV. They'll have two distinctive feels for the shows, I really believe. And um, I hope you'll enjoy them. There are some people I know... Um, some some wrestling purists who I've told that they're really going to enjoy the Ring of Honor shows. Like a like great example is like my friend Rick Rubin, who is just an awesome awesome guy. I'm not I, I hate to name drop him, um, that I I rarely do, but I really like him a lot, and he loves pro wrestling so much, and he's one of the smartest people I know, and just a really 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 cool really good person, and you know, I think this is a wrestling show Rick Rubin's really going to enjoy. Just an example of someone I know. He, he watches all the AEW shows. He loves them and talks to me all about stuff all the time. Um, you know, Christian Cage in particular has been killing it in his eyes. And um, I, I really respect his thoughts and his ideas. And, and I just love Rick. And I, this is a show I think Rick's really going to enjoy. So uh, I, I'm, I'm fired up. Thank you, Sean. <clears throat> Thank you. And as promised, Stephanie Francone from Steel Chair is next. On deck will be Bill Pritchard for WrestleZone. Steph, yep. Yeah. Hi, Tony. Hi, hello. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you very much. How are you? Oh, great. The sun is wonderful here in France, and uh, we are looking forward to watching uh this new ring of honor pay-per-view i wanted to ask you about um the tradition because ring of honor is really something about tradition pure rules and things like that and it also helped a lot of talents to become who they are today and for you was it essential to have in your roster uh some of those people who help uh, ring of honor um, become uh, what it is today. Uh, I think about CM Punk, Samuel Joe, Claudio, people like that. Thank you. 
I think, thank you for asking. I think it's been tremendously important to the resurrection of Ring of Honor and getting some of the key names involved. Uh, I think Final Battle, AEW had very little to do with the event, but I wanted to help out because, like I've shown with a lot of other wrestling companies, when the chips are down, if somebody needs help, you know, if it's not going to hurt AEW and, and if it's going to help them but not hurt us, I'll generally do it. And, you know, we've done it for other wrestling companies before. And when Ring of Honor was going down, uh, Final Battle 2021 was going to be the last show under the previous ownership. And, and it was looking to be the last Ring of Honor event for probably a while. And uh, they came and, and reached out and were interested in having some of the legends of Ring of Honor, like the CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, who are three of the top stars in AEW. Of course, all of them have been out injured, and I'm optimistic we'll get all three back hopefully soon, and, and it'll make a huge difference in AEW. Not to get totally sidetracked talking about AEW, but they're three of the great legends of Ring of Honor. And at the time of Final Battle, they were all on fire in AEW. I mean, in December, like that's the stuff that was carrying us into the TBS era, the three programs that really got AEW through from TNT to TBS transition, in my opinion, and really just looking at the data, were the CM Punk versus MJF, the Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson, and the Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole programs, which all three did great every week. And uh, Punk, Danielson, and Cole at the time, a huge part of the AEW TV every week, but also three legends who had very different careers and had huge accomplishments, each of the three of them in Ring of Honor. And, of course, Punk and Danielson are two of the original four Ring of Honor Hall of Famers in that inaugural class. So I was I was happy to have them do the video packages. And I think it did add a lot to the presentation of Final Battle to see a lot of those stars talking about how Ring of Honor was important to them. They also, um, as has happened so much in all sports, including pro wrestling, their show got disrupted by COVID and they needed a replacement for a main match on the show. And so Jay Lethal is another one of the greatest wrestlers in Ring of Honor's history. And he was in. Uh, AEW had just started with us, and I sent Jay Lethal to work that show, which is now very fitting because here's Jay Lethal in the new Ring of Honor. Talk about one of the greatest wrestlers in Ring of Honor history and the longest reigning television champion in ROH history, and and to have the longest reigning world TV champ in ROH history, Jay Lethal, challenging the Ring of Honor TV champ Samoa Joe, who is in his first reign as the TV champ, but is also one of the most accomplished wrestlers in Ring of Honor, and is also one of those initial four Hall of Famers. So it's very cool getting these wrestlers involved at Ring of Honor. I was happy to do it, honestly, before uh, before we had anything to do with it. And there was a decent chance we weren't going to be the ones that ended up buying this company. But, I, you know, I, I, that's not why I did it. I thought it was the right thing to do, and they, they asked. And, uh, you know, when, when I've asked people in wrestling for favors, People have helped me out, but generally, uh, to be honest, probably more so, I get asked all the time for stuff, and I mostly, when I can, try to accommodate it. Um, that was one of those times where I'm, I'm glad we did. And uh, so it, it's, been a, it's been, I think, important to the relaunch and the new Ring of Honor to have this feel that there's uh, – that there's – some of the great stars are coming back. I think Ian summed it up in the thread he put together probably better than I've seen anybody else say it. That like last year, Ian and Caprice would have these conversations and Ian would say, how would Samoa Joe fare now in this ring of honor? How would Claudio fare in this ring of honor? Well, this weekend you get to find out for yourself. You get to see a lot of the young stars that have come up in this ring of honor today and in recent years against some of the greatest stars in the 20-year history of Ring of Honor who've gone on and had had left and now are back because Ring of Honor is uh, stronger, in my opinion, than it's ever been before now after 20 years of history. And, and it, it's crazy how it ended up here. But I think it's a great question, and I, I believe it's been a really big part of the success of the relaunch is bringing back some of the biggest stars of Ring of Honor while also keeping a lot of the people that kept Ring of Honor going in recent years involved in the show. Thank you. Thanks, Stephanie. 
Bill Pritchard from Russell Zone, you are up next. Bill will be followed by Max Ebert from Sports Kita. Bill? Unmuted. Hey, Tony. Everybody already asked you how you are. You said good. So uh, are you looking forward to anything at Comic-Con being revealed this weekend? Yeah. Uh, we are going to have uh, hopefully some good news at Comic-Con, but I'm not, I, I'm not sure yet if it's going to go through, but I'm hopeful that it will. So that that would be great, and uh, so I'm optimistic we'll have some news at Comic Con, but I can't say for sure yet, uh, just because of the unpredictable nature of the things that like things I could be announcing. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I I want to be there. I'm, I, you know, it's hard, but in some ways, it's why we have such a great team. Uh, I would 99 times out of a hundred be there with a group at comic-con the only time for AEW that i haven't been able to go to it's because there's been something else going on with AEW, which is a good thing i've done every tv show we've ever done uh every dark match that's ever aired i was there um and at least in the building even though i might if it was an elevation or dark before a show i might be running around doing a pre-tape or putting something together for dynamite but i've been every dynamite every rampage every event we've done i've been there and I want to be there for the Comic-Con, but of course, it's the same day as Death Before Dishonor. So it's a great question if AEW and Ring of Honor, either company will have anything to announce at the event. Ring of Honor, I'm not so sure. I think we're going to be 100% focused on Death Before Dishonor on Saturday. AEW will have a presence at Comic-Con. Of course, some of the wrestlers there are some of the legends of Ring of Honor, too. Uh, and I'm optimistic that they could have some good announcements there, but they would probably have more direct impact and influence on AEW than they would uh, on Ring of Honor, to be honest, if that makes sense. Severt from Sports Kita is next, and I will follow Max with a write-in from Sebastian Diaz from Sonar FM in Chile. Max? Max, you're muted. You need to unmute yourself. If you click the green microphone that's or the red microphone that's on the dashboard. Thank you, Robin. How about if I go ahead and uh, ask Sebastian's write-in question and then we'll check in with Max after that, okay? Sure. So here's, here's the question, Tony, from, from uh, Sebastian Diaz from Sonar FM. It's a pretty simple question. What, what do you see as the main differences? Can you describe the main differences between AEW and Ring of Honor? Wow, that's a great question. Um, well, they're very different promotions. Uh, Ring of Honor has been around a lot longer and has a more established history in some ways. Uh, Ring of Honor has been around now for over 20 years, whereas AEW, we've only been around for about three years. Um, Ring of Honor has some different rules. For example, uh, the, there's a heavy emphasis on the code of honor. It's a different presentation. Uh, and again, just when you have a different history and a different presentation, some of that is intrinsic. It's hard to put a finger on how it's different, but it's just different. And so... They're different companies with different feels. Um, some of the great stars of both companies are the same. Like CM Punk is one of the most important wrestlers in both companies' history. Brian Danielson is a very important wrestler in both companies' history now. Um, but the history, those histories are very different. And uh, also the, the sizes of the companies. AEW has risen further and faster than any wrestling company in recent history. And, you know, I can uh, get into many debates about the business of this stuff, but the bottom line is the numbers, the probably the, the numbers we've done on pay-per-view and live attendance are the things that probably translate historically the best because they're not going to be impacted by the cord cutting or the fragmentization of cable or various other factors. But I think when you look at the live attendance numbers AEW has done in our first three years and, and you know, as of today in 2022, and the pay-per-view numbers that we've done and continue to do that have been stronger than ever in the past year. Uh, you know, nobody's really done those numbers outside of WWE in this business since WCW. WCW at their peak 
at the peak of the wrestling business had done bigger numbers, but I would say in the early to mid nineties and the late nineties into two thousand, the numbers we're doing are very consistent with numbers WCW did. And that was a huge part of the wrestling business. Now when the wrestling boom really got going, I think the place of WCW in history is historic and it's very different, but the business we're doing right now is also significantly stronger on pay-per-view and the revenue higher and the live attendance higher by a lot, by a wide margin than WCW in the early to mid nineties and, and frankly into the, the late nineties and early two thousands. So um, I think AEW's place in wrestling history is pretty significant because AEW should be known as being the strongest challenger promotion, the strongest uh, wrestling promotion other than WWE, which is, that's why I say is a challenger promotion, but I'm just spelling out who, who the who person you're challenging is when you're competing in the wrestling business in North America or the world. And I don't, I think AEW is very fair to say is probably the, the strongest challenger brand in wrestling in two decades. Uh, they're very different promotions. Ring of Honor uh, had risen to hot, great heights. And I think when we purchased them, it would be very fair to say this was not the high period for them. And what's really exciting now is just in a few short months that I've been booking the shows and that we've been um, working with Ring of Honor and AEW together, we've seen more interest in Ring of Honor than there has been in many years. And I would say right now, it's very fair to say it's peak of interest in Ring of Honor. This will be the strongest back-to-back pay-per-view performances in Ring of Honor history by far. And these are two of the, lo- the biggest live gates that Ring of Honor has ever done for these two cards. This one is bigger than the last one. And, uh, you know, there are still tickets available. They're in Massachusetts, but uh, already the gate we've done would be up there with the best Ring of Honor show. So it's different expectations. They're different companies. They have a lot of the same fans, I believe, but there's definitely, they have their own fan bases. There's fans of uh, each company separately, and that's great. But the more of them that we can make fans of each other, that that's a real positive thing, I think, for both businesses. And there's synergies between these two businesses, AEW and Ring of Honor, that exist. Synergy is a word that I learned in, you know, you hear the word synergy thrown around a lot, but I don't actually, I don't actually think everybody who hears the word knows what it means. So I'm, I bet 95% of you know what the word means, but I guarantee you there's going to be somebody I'm about to say this to on this media call that didn't actually understand what the word meant. Synergy is when you have two things separately say peanut butter and jelly and they're great separately but when you put them together they're stronger than just a plus b like the the combination is better than than what it should be uh in in many ways and so uh the synergies of them together are stronger than they would be separately or if you just add to them together a plus b as a as a compound is stronger than just adding up a and b and i do think that's AEW and ring of honor great you know great examples of this are the library of content under my ownership now is so much bigger than it was before. AEW's produced very, very high-end slick content, very high production values, and Ring of Honor, I think, has produced a huge volume of content, and now the production values, I think we've helped. We've made them stronger. I think Death Before Dishonor is going to look better than a lot of the Ring of Honor shows had historically, and I want I want to make Ring of Honor feel like a very major league promotion without completely changing the look and feel of everything they've done in 20 years, but also trying to catch Ring of Honor up in many ways to AEW uh, in terms of the commercial success and how, you know, how strong the production values are while still maintaining the Ring of Honor feel. So it's a lot of, that's like I said uh, before uh, when uh, Sean, asked a question i joke i give long-winded answers that's a long-winded answer but it's a serious question and i wanted to give a serious answer so i hope that that starts the kind of answer thanks very good tony thank you and thanks thanks for the question sebastian i've got the question from max Everett here on write-in so i'm going to go ahead and go with another write-in here tony and then we'll follow your answer to max with john alba from podcast heat Max's question is, given ROH's history with New Japan and the recent Forbidden Door event, could we see a collaboration between the promotions once more? 
so uh you sorry jim that was a can you ask that one more time just want to make yeah, sure I, I, I i'm not sure if, 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 if the question is is succinct here um i think what max is asking here is given roh's history with new japan and then AEW's recent Forbidden Door event collaboration. Can we see a collaboration between perhaps Ring of Honor and New Japan? Got it. Yes, I do think that's possible. And I think all three companies working together is possible. So I definitely believe that. And, I, and really, we saw that to some extent at Forbidden Door, that there was some collaboration between all three companies, of course, when there was the winner-take-all tag match uh, with FTR versus Rapungi Vice versus the United Empire. So definitely I, I would look forward to more collaboration going forward. Very good. Thanks, Max. I hope I answered or asked your question correctly, Max. Um, working the dashboard here, so apologies if I didn't. Um, okay, John Alba uh, from Podcast Heat is next, and we will follow John with Nick Hausman of Wrestling Inc. Jim, thank you very much for your time, and Tony, Thank you as well. If you could ask Rick Rubin about his production decisions on ACDC's ball breaker album, that would be great because I've had a lot of questions about that over the years. So I'll let what you is your question? That. Uh, I just, I, it was a very raw approach for the band at the time. And that was like their Beavis and Butthead stage. So I was just curious as to why go raw rather than big guitars. But that's, that's a conversation down the line. So I, I appreciate <laughs> your time. Um, I want to ask about Willow. Willow is someone who anytime she shows up on AEW TV, everyone is talking about. And you have had confidence in putting her in some pretty high stakes spots here in Ring of Honor so far. What is her status right now with either company? And, and do you see a future for her as an anchor of one of your women's divisions in the near or distant future? Willow's been wrestling with AEW and she had wrestled with Ring of Honor in the past also. And now... Uh, with being able to book both companies, I think Willow's a great wrestler for any wrestling promotion, including both AEW and Ring of Honor. And I think she's a great face for any women's division. And we're watching her get better and, and better and better. And I think she's improved a lot in the time I've known her. And I mean that in a very sincere way. And I'm very appreciative of how hard she works because I think Willow's gotten tons, tons better and still the sky's the limit. So I, I'm very excited about her growth as a pro wrestler. And I think Willow's a, a great, great prospect and a great young star going forward for both AEW and Ring of Honor for, and could be uh, a strong featured wrestler going forward for either company or both companies. Next. Okay, so Nick Hausman is next. And then we're going to finish, uh, we're getting close to the top of the hour here. So we're going to go with Nick, and then we're going to conclude here with spinning the wheel. Dom D'Angelo, also from Podcast Heat. So Nick, you're up, and we'll conclude with Dom. Hey, Tony, thanks for taking the time today. My pleasure. Um, so I wanted to ask you about this recent Fightful report that Colt Cabana is slated to be a part of the Ring of uh, Honor roster. He's not advertised for this card. Uh, is he going to be in the ROH mix? And I was also wondering uh, if you could comment on the dynamic uh, between Cabana and Punk. Um, we know there's issues. They both talked about it, but there's some speculation that Cabana may be uh, headed to ROH to put some distance between the two of them. Well, I would say that Colt is part of what we're doing in Ring of Honor. Obviously, he was involved in uh, Supercard of Honor and has been a great wrestler in the past of Ring of Honor. And I am planning to have him involved in the show this weekend. And they haven't announced everything for the card yet. We've only put in championship matches so far and then one match for the zero hour, of course, Willow had a great performance on Dynamite, and I thought it was important to follow up on Wednesday Night Dynamite and let the fans know they can check out Willow on the zero hour for free. And to, if, if you enjoyed seeing Willow here on Wednesday Night Dynamite, hey, check out the zero hour. And, and she's wrestling Allison Kay, who's another great wrestler who's come into AEW in the past and is somebody I really respect and thought would be a great 
opponent. And I thought Allison Cavers versus Willow would be a great match. So right now, that's the only match we've announced outside of the championship matches. But Colt was a big part of the Supercard of Honor in the Zero Hour and, and absolutely will be involved in Death Before Dishonor. And I wouldn't comment on the other stuff, but, uh, you know, thanks for asking anyway. But um, I uh, do think it'll be great for that event going forward uh, for Ring of Honor and uh, just in general, I'm, you know, always happy to have him around. So uh, I think a lot of the um, legends of Ring of Honor, to the point I was making before, being involved in Supercard of Honor, and now again in Death Before Dishonor, um, people coming back who hadn't been around in, in years in Ring of Honor, some people in many years uh, in the cases of, say, Samoa Joe or Claudio, but other people who it's just been a few years they've been away, like Cole Cabana, you know, I think all of that has led to an increased interest in Ring of Honor, all these people coming in, and, and Cole Cabana is definitely somebody that's going to be involved in Ring of Honor. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Tony. And uh, to, to bring us home, we have Dom D'Angelo from Podcast Heat. Dom, you're, you're up. You're the last one. Hello, Dom. I can't get Dom unmuted. Okay. Um, well, let's see here. Let's see if maybe we can squeeze one more in. I'll tell you what, sure. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a write-in. How about that? Let's, let's end with a write-in. Um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll close. It's a good writing question here from Issa Ramos from Lucha Libre Online. Very excited for this show. How is it booking two separate companies and what's the decision process to figure out what ROH talent to feature on AEW television? Well, I really appreciate the question and I really enjoyed the booking of both companies. And I think it's been great having a lot of the great wrestlers involved that have straddled both promotions uh, in particular, Samoa Joe, before, uh, you know, before he got knocked out of action, uh, having him being involved in both companies. I mean, he's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world and certainly a, a legend in Ring of Honor and having him involved now in AEW too is great. And I'm really excited about him finally making a return this weekend at Death Before Dishonor, defending the world television title against Jay Lethal and what I'm sure is going to just be an awesome, awesome, awesome match. And uh, I absolutely have followed Ring of Honor, I've enjoyed Ring of Honor, and been a fan of Ring of Honor during its history. And it's very different to go back and try and pay tribute to the history of another promotion versus AEW, where I try to pay history to all of pro wrestling and try, you know, we, I think AEW is the home of pro wrestling on TV. And, you know, whether it's uh, bringing in some of the old legends of wrestling and paying tribute to them, you know, and their past accomplishments or honoring our own history at AEW, things that have happened in our three years. Um, it's important to me, but it's also our own homegrown history. It's very different than taking over Ring of Honor, take, you know, and reimagining uh, a company that has had a great history and, and has a, a great legacy in pro wrestling. So it's very different, but I really enjoy it. And, and I think that there's a great balance between the two. It, you know, it's, it's different than when we started doing rampage and doing a second AEW TV show versus, you know, booking a second promotion, but, uh, but it's a lot of fun. Thanks for asking that. Um, and, uh, Jim, I don't know if that's, did you ever, the, the 
person who couldn't get their phone unmuted? Did they ever well, get it fixed? I think I think we're actually we just closed the the panel, if you will. So right here at the top of the hour, Tony. So we got to get cool. Easton in there in 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 place. So hopefully we've accommodated everybody uh, sufficiently here. How's that sound? Well, great. Yeah, it's good. Well, I'm really glad uh, to be be able to talk to everybody today and lots of great questions. Thank you, Jim, for getting this set up. Thank you, Mandy and Robin. Um, I really appreciate everybody taking the time to talk about death before dishonor. Hopefully a lot of you are going to make it up to Lowell Mass for the event or get a chance to watch it on TV or streaming. And I'm just really humbled by uh, how much interest there's been in the new ring of honor and uh i'm really excited for the future of ring of honor and for AEW. and uh without all you great folks in the media and the coverage you provide disseminating all the information um and giving your thoughts to the fans around the world you power pro wrestling and you know the, the wrestling media helped bring me to pro wrestling over 30 years ago and i know a lot of you grew up with the, the wrestling media and now you're a part of that same wrestling media and it's really great and i appreciate your time and thank you for taking the time to talk to the to us today about that for dishonor thanks for that close tony and 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 we'll just echo on our end to, to thank everybody we are at the end of our time but um we're very very grateful and as always as you know we provide an audio file of, of the presser that you just uh, attended uh so we'll be doing that shortly um, so be looking for that. And we hope to see you in person on Saturday night. Um, if not, we know you'll be tuned in. And uh, for that, everyone at Ring of Honor is extremely grateful. So again, thanks a million for, for attending and uh, best wishes for a, for a good, re good rest of your week and a great weekend uh, ahead here with Death Before Dishonor. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.